welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And you're anxiously awaiting your spring break, right, Sarah? It's three, three, four, five days away. What? It is. It is. And today was late start. So I sort of already feel like we, we kicked it off already. <laughs> <laughs> did you already have umbrellas in your drinks? Umbrellas in your orange juice this morning? <laughs> we did. We did. I, uh, so, oh, and uh, Daphne describes this as the best day ever. Uh, Why is that? It's because they had... Uh, Daphne and John's class, they're in the same third grade class. There was a Portland-wide contest that was drawing, had something to do with drawing or painting posters for the police department. And I think it might have had something to do with child safety or something. But so out of the entire Portland public school system, their class won. And so they get a pizza party today. I was going to say, what do they get? A pizza party? A pizza party. <laughs> and the police officers are uh, several police officers, including, according to Daphne, she insists that it is the police chief, that it is the Portland <laughs> uh, police chief. I don't know about that one, but. Uh, part of me, like, really respects that. And part of me is like, doesn't the police chief have something more important better to do? To right. right. Eating pepperoni with some third graders? I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so they have that. And then also, then. I think Daphne stole the phrase from from her big sister Phoebe, who at at Phoebe's school, which is Da Vinci Arts Middle School, it is Friday is officially best day ever. Like the school calls it that because in the morning the entire school is going to go see the nine thirty showing of the movie Divergent. That's opening oh day. Have I not You're told you this? Me. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's an art school for you. It is an art school. So they, uh, yes, yeah, so they are. It's a field trip, and Divergent is rated PG thirteen. So you had to sign off on it, and the sign up slip says uh, says on there. Okay, we understand. Basically, it says if we understand if you don't want your kid to go see a PG thirteen movie, and the kids who don't go will stay back at school and they will watch a PG movie that's based on a book. And I'm like thinking, where's the part that I can sign that my kid will stay back and like learn social studies and math instead of <laughs> watching a movie? So and so and this is the day before spring break. And so they are it's like I said, it's opening day of the movie Diver- Divergent and they are going to the 930 showing. I don't know who's ever seen a movie at 930 in the morning at a theater, but and they're walking over to Lloyd Center to the movie theater and they are watching it. And then that afternoon is the school wide talent show back at school oh does phoebe have a talent i know she has talents but is she displaying one <laughs> she is not she is not she's not no also because i think the at da vinci arts middle school i think the talent show bar must be it's mighty high really high yeah yeah <laughs> i was about to say they it may is. not you know be you know ready for pre-calculus but they can they can <laughs> right. sing a tune dance a dance paint a painting right <laughs> they sure can so yes yeah, so that is the best day ever and then um tomorrow we have is sort of the lead into that as well it is um a field trip to the central library in portland and i'm i'm actually pretty excited i'm going to be a chaperone on that field trip and i have never been to the central library in portland and it's a lovely historic building dimity <laughs> i can totally see this okay wait are you going with with the third graders or with no the fifth class? with uh, the sixth graders the and, sixth graders oh, and so, okay. but so you're you're kind of so they're kind of, you know, more your contemporary than the third graders. But I can just see you, like, you plant yourself, like, right in front of the guide. Like, shh, shh, I want to hear this. Like, you're, like, your arm up, like, wait, what was the, why why was that brick put right there? And can you talk about, right. was, that, was it associated with the war at all? Because I want to know about that. Yeah. Um, so actually, but the, the uh, funny thing is that they are not going, I don't think we're going to study the library itself, but they are going to. Going to about the Dewey Decimal System? No, they're going to 
go do research because get this, they're going to do prezies, which, oh, um, gosh, you know, yeah, they are learning how to do prezies in their class and they have, they have like a special interest project. And so they're going to the library to, to do research and get out books on their topic, on their prezi topic. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's a very new age school. Prezi's mm-hmm. divergent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We are in the, we are firmly in the 21st century here in Portland, Oregon yes, at Da Vinci are. Arts Middle you School. Are, you are leaning in. You are leaning forward. Wow. Yes. And then I do have to add, Dimity, that um, you'll laugh at me about this too, is that I signed up to be a chaperone to that field trip and I have it, you know, it's programmed into my phone. I've already been like thinking about my workload and how that needs to adjust with it. And then her, their teacher sends out like, here's the list of chaperones. And I wasn't on it oh, <laughs> did you was, protest and i was like and i really like her it's a called a core teacher they take a couple they have like english and writing and um social studies all together with this one teacher and it's sixth seventh and eighth graders all mixed together and so that i wrote back and i'm like um ms fournier um you know i signed up to be be a chaperone do i still get to go <laughs> she's like oh sure come along so yeah so anyway so very good that's... look i get to chaperone too on friday oh. so it's a it's a field it's trip kind of week field trip kind of week yeah i can't even spit it out um yeah i'm going to ameritown i don't know if this is like a denver thing or not we have this bank called the young americans oh which is you just have told me about this before 18 and under you mm. know so it's it's for it's for kids i mean um and it's a very i was like a little like really but i mean it's an fd not fda <laughs> f what's the fcc no, that's, that's the TV, and that's who would get us if we swear on here. Um, my gosh, what is the – oh, come on. Alex, tell us what the – producer, tell us who who's the regulatory body who guarantees FTCA? your – FTCA? I don't know. And it's, Federal – I don't know. Anyway, it is a fully legit bank. I mean, you walk in, and it feels like a very – like an adult bank, it, except it, for that they have a lot of step stools. Would it be the FBC, the Federal Banking Commission, maybe? No, I don't know. No, don't, that's not what it is. FCC, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because <laughs> yeah. it really, all I have to say is it's a legitimate bank. Uh-huh. But they also have all these educational programs to teach oh. kids about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fourth and fifth graders uh, from from my kid's school go every other year. Oh. And they, I mean, they've learned how to write checks. They get a debit card at Ameritown. They, mm. um what like a legit, like a real one that works, and then they use. Well, they get they have a store there that I think you can buy. Like Amelia told me, you can buy like soda and like tchotchke things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, because I'm going to be a volunteer, I'm, I have to learn this all because I've got to watch a 45 minute. Video. <laughs> you do not. I do. It's part of being a. It's, it's part of the the you know the commitment to being a volunteer is you've got to know how Ameritown works. So um so that's on my roster for tonight. A, I'm got, sorry, Ameritown sounds like it's made out of Legos. I know, doesn't it, it sounds like a Richard Scary thing, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, and like you, and look, look, there's a mouse wearing a dress, and there's yeah. a badger <laughs> wearing a sunbonnet. There's a, there's a snake with its hat on. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but but they all had to get jobs, and they had to apply for their jobs. They had to go have interviews with the different teachers in the school, in our just in, just at their school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, it's it's good life skills. I think that they're getting. Oh. And what um, job? What so job did Amelia? Amelia get? is the manager of a TV station. She really wanted to be a manager and so we were practicing a manager of anything like the snack shack a tv station anything and i and so i was like well why you know so we're practicing the car her interview i said well why you know what traits do you have that make you a good manager 
oh, I'm really good at bossing people around. (laughs) (laughs) And you said, gee, that's funny. So am I. (laughs) Exactly. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Um, So, uh, and then there was another question. I said, okay, well, so what are your weaknesses? Oh, Um, you did not. When you said, oh, let's do sample interview questions. Oh, what are your weaknesses? Well, I I don't remember what I said. That's a total sample interview question. Oh, it it sure is. But it's so, you know, but it's always such a bogus question because it's not like you'd really say to an interview, oh, well, you know, I'm incredibly lazy. And and I like to cut out. I like to like pretend like I'm working when really I'm surfing the Internet. Uh-huh. So, um, so anyways, I can't remember what her answer was to that, but it was like, I like to boss people around. I'm like, okay, well, you might want to just phrase that a little differently, but the, the sentiment is there, you know? Um, and then, uh, I'm a so take charge is, kind of person. Exactly. That's what I just said, but she got the job. So oh, she's thank a TV you. Congratulations, Amelia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want to run for mayor. I kind of wanted her to prompt her to run for mayor, but that's too much responsibility. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so she gets like thirty dollars a week or something. I, 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 I'll, oh, I'll know so, more about so it. Oh, so so they have the to do this whole. So they have like a pretend world. So then they have something. So you know they have to. Their you know their their house is underwater and they have to like refinance yeah, their I house so. or something. Well, that's the thing they were talking about this morning in the car. I'm like, well, don't you guys have to save some of your salary? And you know you get fifteen dollars on this quote unquote debit card, but you just don't get to spend it on soda, right? Like I, <laughs> I'll, I'll know more after I watch my forty five minute video. I know you're all riveted. Um, so uh, the, the funny thing is they have camps, and Ben, my other kid, who's you know in second grade, is totally into money these days. Like. Oh. How much does that cost? What is that? How does that work? You know, how do you pay for a house? Like, and so I'm like, oh. dude, you're going to go to junior financial camp um, because <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very affordable for a full day camp. And I just thought, you know, I mean, because honestly, he is very, very curious about just how things work and, you know, all this stuff. And so, but the funny, the, the reason why I'm saying this is the other night we were watching our favorite Wheel of Fortune and this woman comes on. Um, and she did really well. She got like, you know, $32,000 worth of cash and prizes before the bonus round or something. And Ben goes, mom, do you think she'd adopt me? (laughs) I said, why, why do you want her to adopt you? I mean, it was just this like, you know, random woman. And I goes, she has (laughs) $32,000. I don't know. Let's see if we can get in touch with her. She may want to adopt you. I don't know. You know, like it was just so funny. I'm like, Ben aim higher, contact Warren Buffett. See if he's adopting. Exactly. exactly. See if Mark Cuban will adopt you, but, um, right. Cause then then he could fund AMR. What's that? Cause then he could fund AMR on the shark tank. Shark tank, shark tank. But, uh, no, it just, it just cracks me up. So he's very, so, so that's my Ameritown thing. So yes, we'll have to compare a few trips at the end yes. we were originally going to talk about spring breaks but we'll have to save my because guess where i'm going for spring break sarah oh well, i know you know uh, yeah you know. i i don't think i think we should have people i think we should have the listeners guess where you might be going we okay get... okay tweet to us at the mother runner or at dimity on the run where you think i'm going and i'll just i'll just give, give, a, you give one hint, hint. There's no beach involved. <laughs> there will not be any pictures of my toes in the sand on Facebook or, you know, any, There's any no... umbrellas in my drinks, mm-hmm. no salt water. Yeah, no Mai Tais involved at all. Yes. No. no you can no. You also maybe give you are staying domestic. Uh, yeah, I'm staying domestic. I'm staying domestic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and the Continental 48. Mm-hmm. Yep. The That's all I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. saying anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, we are pleased to have on our show today brought in two local gals. I'm thrilled they're in the studio. 
It is Dana Sullivan and Santa Cassell who are r- longtime running partners. They're moms in their mid-40s, and uh, Dana's an attorney, and Santa is a high school teacher. And they both were, they trained for a long time to get to the Boston Marathon, and they were finally running it last year. And they did not make it to the finish line. They were uninjured. They were not anywhere near the explosions. But we brought them in because we just wanted to hear kind of what it's want to talk to them about what it's like what it was like to be there and also um, that they have made an interesting decision they you know got they were past the halfway mark so they got automatic entries into this year's race and they were both all set to go back there and they were training for it and, and don't that, don't tell it don't give it away Sarah. oh all right gotta okay listen. okay gotta listen you gotta, gotta tease it a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so here is so uh, stop stop yeah <laughs> just listen in it's gonna be the best interview ever <laughs> with dana sullivan and santa cassell so, ladies, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Good, good. And so so take us back in time. I know that you both worked really hard to qualify for Boston and that you kind of squeaked in with a really great time at the Portland Marathon. And so tell us about your quest to qualify for Boston. I think it, was, it was a few few years, actually. And um, I guess that was, that was my third Portland Marathon. And I, we were very systematic, actually. Um, I think every marathoner tries to get the formula right, and that's why they keep running marathons, and that was <laughs> the case for us. And we did squeak. I I, I think we had the same time almost to the second. Yeah, we crossed the finish line together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. And we had nine seconds to spare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it got you there. Got you there. It did. And <sighs> what was the formula that... that- finally clicked that got you guys um one thing that that helped was we did we did we knew we were going to have track work or hill work once a week and we also knew that we were going to do a long run once a week and we did almost all of our training together so we have been very consistent Nice. And neither of you guys got any injuries not training for portland no but training for boston was a different story Mm-hmm. which we did basically right after running Portland in October. We didn't take much time off at all before we started our Boston training program. Yeah, that's why I couldn't remember whether you qualified in 2011 or 2012. So it was 2012 that yeah. you qualified. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then describe how the Boston Marathon itself played out for the two of you. Um, and had you planned on running that race together as well, like truly together, like side by side? We started together, and that was our plan is just to run together as long as that felt comfortable and then see how it played out. I have never had a worse race in Mm. my running career. I had, um, as I mentioned, the Boston training program had not gone particularly well for me. We weren't really doing anything but running, and we were doing a lot of running, no cross training. And I just had injury after injury. And um, had actually, over spring break, pulled a calf muscle and so actually ran Boston with a calf injury. And then, yeah, it was rough. And then uh, I felt pretty good until the half marathon point. And then I um, started having digestive issues to boot. Insult to injury. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Santa took off, and I struggled mightily through. Um, I walked a fair amount, which I have never done before in a race. And so I was really looking forward to hitting that finish line. 
Mm-hmm. And so, um, so obviously, or not obviously, but neither of you guys made it to the finish line. You were both stopped on the course because of the bombings. Is that right? Right. I was stopped at mile 25, or I had just passed the sign that said you have a mile to go. Mm-hmm. And Santa was, what, about half a mile ahead of me? I was about a half mile ahead of you, but I made it to mile 26, so I made it extremely close. Oh, had, you, had your race gone um, better at that point, Santa, than Dana? I would say I was more comfortable than Dana was, <laughs> but I was not running my fastest race at all, and I, at a certain point, just decided to run and enjoy the run. And it was a very beautiful day, mm-hmm. and the crowd was amazing, and it was a beautiful, beautiful run. I let go of my time goal and just focused on enjoying being there. And um, and I really did. I, I picked up my cell phone from my husband at mile 24 and a half. That's where my family was. And I had gone another mile mm-hmm. or so, and I was really looking forward to finishing. I was very focused on how hungry and tired I was, and I was very excited about finishing. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard... The explosions, I think, just before the turn for the final little bit. Oh, so you were just about to turn onto Boylston right. when you heard it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, so close. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my. So God. what? What happened to you, Santa? I mean, what? What was the immediate reaction of the crowd, and what? What did they? What did the organizers do with you? And then we'll talk to you, Dana, about the same thing. So we were there on uh, Commonwealth Avenue, I think, very, mm-hmm. very close to mm-hmm. the turn, and. I heard those two explosions, and I I immediately knew it was really bad news. And then I started watching the police and their reaction. And then I, I was sort of confirmed for me. There were a bunch of runners kind of pool, pooled there at the stop. Uh, the police had stopped all the runners. And I think the runners were just wondering, will they get to finish? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of emotion immediately, some denial, very... At first, you know, well, actually, the whole time, the runners were very collegial and just, you know, connecting with strangers, but kind of it was a weird moment. And uh, then there was the word from the police that we, we wouldn't be able to finish. And I had it in my mind that I was going to go get my stuff, whether or not I could finish, I was going to get my stuff. So I made my way to the finish line area, but not the finish line. Uh, it f- sounded at that point, even that soon after, like a war zone, just so many sirens, people in shock, people bloody, people crying, people helping each other. But I wasn't even in the bad part. Um, and I had connected with a woman who kind of knew where the buses were because she had run Boston a few times before. and Walked to the buses where they had transported all the runners stuff and I got my bag. Oh, well, I can't thanks, believe you got it. Thanks to some fabulous volunteers and and then I started walking back to where I thought my family was. And were you able to find them? I was uh I I was I I was able to text with my son, and I had just gotten my phone back, you know, a mm-hmm. mile and a half oh, before. Oh, that was, that was a good call. It was. Way to know that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I was – the phone lines were all shut down, and I managed to Facebook that I was okay so that oh. people knew I was okay. I managed to text with my son to get back and tried to get a message to my mom that I was okay and to mm-hmm. my husband – 
but I, I couldn't, I wasn't in touch with Dana. So I was really, she was on my mind. I felt a little weird about being alone there and was really wondering where she was and was she okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Dana, describe to us what was happening a little further back on the race course. Well, I had, uh, my family was with Santa's family at mile 24 and a half. So I had just seen them and that gave me a real boost. And as I said, I had just seen the sign that said, you have a mile left to go. Mm. And I'm a very goal oriented person. (laughs) And so I knew when I saw that sign, if I have to crawl, I'm going to finish this race. Mm -hmm. And so I was very focused on the finish line. Um, And then just out of nowhere, I come up upon this backlog of runners and their barricades across the road. Um, and my first reaction was very selfishly <laughs> anger. You know, mm-hmm. what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot believe that we are this close and I have to stop. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, because even Santa, I was like, I mean, she could have like put her tongue out and gotten across the line. Like, <laughs> I've been really angry that, I mean, when you don't know the whole situation and, and especially after you've had a tough race, I don't think it's selfish at all to be like, Mm-mm. dude, I want that finish line, yeah. you know, especially not knowing the situation. Right. And um, there really was no information. I mean, there mm-hmm. were a few officials, but none of them were communicating with the runners at that point, I think, because they had so much else to focus on. And um, there were wonderful spectators who were bringing out water and um, people, you know, had gone so far as to kind of sit down. And But nobody, I mean, we had no idea if the barricade was going to go away and we were mm-hmm. going to get to finish. We had no idea what was going on at the finish. Um, and nobody wanted to leave because sure. you knew as soon as you walked away, they would open up the course, oh, of course. and everyone oh, yeah. else would finish. Right. <laughs> so um, people started getting communications from the finish line. And the first word was, there's been an explosion. And my thought was, you know, garbage can fire or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, your mind doesn't go to terrorist attack. And um, I was terrified that Santa was at the Mm, finish line. And my brother had also jumped into the race and run the last 10 miles. And so I was pretty confident he was at the finish line. So not knowing Mm. what was up with them was very stressful. And then there were a lot of um, people around me who had family at the finish who were freaking out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I mean, the thing that I'm the most grateful for is that my husband and kids I knew were safe Mm -hmm. because I had just seen them and they hadn't had time to get to the finish line yet, which was their plan. And they, and I knew that they would assume I was safe because I hadn't had time to get there. So, um, we just hung out there until they finally said, um, that, you know, the, the race is over. And I was with a woman who'd been letting me use her cell phone because I had not run with mine. And I had been trying to text my husband and just decided to turn around and walk back along the course oh, to mm-hmm. where I had last seen my family, mm-hmm. which is what I did. And you found him? I did. I actually had um, a wonderful Good Samaritan story. I was, it was, it had been a very warm day, but the there was quite a wind when you got 
into the city. And so it was actually quite chilly. Mm. And um, so I was walking back and I was limping terribly because of my calf. Mm -hmm. And so I fell into step with this Bostonian guy and his wife who had just gotten out of the Red Sox game. Mm. And so he started chatting and he was very upbeat and, you know, asked me where I was from and how my race had gone. And um, we didn't really talk about what was going on, <laughs> um, just small talk. And so they couldn't get to their car because it was in a cordoned off area. So they walked me back to where I had last seen my family, wow. which was over a mile. And then it, it the, my family had been standing in front of the Spanish tapas restaurant. And um, the streets were cleared at that point. But he was a wine distributor, apparently, <laughs> and knew the owner of the restaurant. Oh, my goodness. So, I love it. Yeah. So he talked, he talked me into the restaurant, which was closed, but he talked to the manager <laughs> and got them to let me come into the restaurant and sit in the warm oh. bar area. And I got water, and he had gotten me a space blanket. And I, one of the things I regret most about the race is that he gave me his business card mm. and said, if you don't hook up with your family, call me. And um, I lost it. Oh. <laughs> and I spent days after the marathon, you know, calling the restaurant, trying to figure out if oh, I wow. could get in touch with him just to thank him. And I never figured it out. But oh, wow. Well, yeah. That's awesome. That's wow. awesome. Well, so because you guys both did not cross the finish line, I'm just curious. First, did they give you medals? They sent like, did they them. mail them to you or yeah, anything? Yeah, they sent them in the mail. I, okay. I actually went back down the day on Tuesday, the day after the marathon. They had a, a setup because I hadn't been able to get my stuff. Uh-huh. So they had a they had taken over an armory and you could go pick up your stuff. And it was, I mean, again, just an example of what incredible volunteers they had. There was just hosts of people there. Restaurants had provided lunch. They had counselors there mm -hmm. talking to people. And um, it was, that was really emotional. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got a medal then, um, which was pretty great. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so you both didn't cross the finish line and you have the option to go back. Boston gave everybody the option if you didn't cross the finish line that you get to to come run in 2014. And so can you talk a little bit about your thought process about deciding to return there and why or why what what what, what you guys were thinking about? Well, I I remember um when we got the Facebook post, I mean, that was another great thing about the marathon organizers was they were so communicative with all of the runners in the weeks following and updated us continually about projected finish times and all those sorts of things. And so it wasn't all that long after the marathon that they that the word was out that if you hadn't gotten to finish and you'd crossed the half marathon mark, you could run again. And I was just thrilled. I mean, you know, there aren't that many times in life when you get a do-over. Mm -hmm. And when we finished the race, um, I just felt so, you know, the training had been so rough. The race had been so rough. I just knew I didn't have it in me to qualify again. And um, so it just felt like a gift to to have the opportunity to run it again and to run it 
better and mm-hmm. at a time that was going to be hopefully very joyous and meaningful. Mm-hmm. So for me, at, at first when the opportunity came up, I was, it was just sort of a, let's see, just a, not, not very, it was just an immediate impulse. Like, of course I'm going to do it again. That's an amazing opportunity. And I, I really held that feeling for a while, including setting up another training plan with Dana. And, and then a few months ago, I just, I just started having less energy in my runs. And I was running the Vancouver Lakes half. And I was thinking to myself, and you have a lot of time to think sometimes when you're running a race, <laughs> like a long one. <laughs> I was thinking, the next race I do is Boston. And I, I don't actually want to do it. And I completely admire and acknowledge all of Dana's excellent reasons for going back. And I just have this, I just had this feeling for myself, sort of like beyond words, I just don't want to go back. And it's funny, because I think I had a more pleasant race than Dana did. And I mean, it was pleasant until the bombs went off. It was like, it was beautiful. And so I don't, and then there are a couple of other extenuating circumstances. One is my my husband doesn't want to go back. And another is they, I, this sounds so petty, but I mean, they, they doubled the airfares. So that was kind of killing me to mm-hmm. Boston for that weekend. And another is it's, it's hard emotional work on top yes. of being hard physical work. Yes. So any, any marathon is, but I know that that's going to be extra hard. It's going to be a tough weekend there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't think it's petty because, I mean, you know, it's well, expensive the, to fly yeah. across country. I mean, country. That, was, that was the thing in 2012 that, um, you know, they, they said that anyone who, that was the year I qualified and there was, they, and I was already out there and they said, oh, anyone who doesn't want to do it, you can get another, you can get an entry to next year. You can defer your entry as long as you've picked up your number. And because the, it was so hot, right? Because Sarah it was, was so hot. Just... And so I just, and I just thought, well, I don't have the money to come back here again next year. Like <laughs> I, this is my chance. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. here. I got to do it. So I totally understand about take cost is a huge consideration when, when it comes to that. So, so then, so, um, how tough was it then to get back into the training mode for Boston again? I mean, the- we never really stopped training, uh, completely. We're always training for something. Oh, I know. I see. I see you ladies out there. We always see each other in just about the same place too. In the wee wee small hours of the morning. Dana and I have been training together for about eight years Uh uh, and often have a common goal Mm -hmm. that we're training for. And we, we had already started our training for Boston, even though I hadn't bought my plane ticket. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that was another, just making the final plans was really hard for me. And then I had to face up. Sometimes when you procrastinate, it's not because you don't, the procrastination is actually for a reason. It's because (laughs) there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. It makes a decision for you, right? The procrastination kind of does. Yeah, it's true. So, but we, we haven't stopped training and I, I couldn't let Dana down and not train with her. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing another marathon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remind us what you're just doing another marathon training cycle. Are you, are you doing a true marathon? Yeah, and I, I, I planned it for the same weekend so that our oh. taper would be the same, our long runs would be the same. So nothing really changed. Oh, which marathon are you doing? Wenatchee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wenatchee, Boston. Wenatchee, Boston. <laughs> what's, what's Wenatchee for us that are not in the Pacific Northwest? So 
Wenatchee is a small city on the Columbia River in eastern Washington. It's not a it's not a race that people. I mean, I'm sure it's a lovely race. I'm sure you'll have a very lovely experience, but it's not a even a race that people. It's not a well-known Pacific Northwest race. <laughs> I think I think there are about 600 people doing Wenatchee and there are 36,000 people doing Boston. So <laughs> our experiences will be really it's... different and interesting. Okay, so the contest is who can come who can who can rise the closest top of their age group, right? Yeah. <laughs> if she gets, Sandra gets, you know, fourth or something, Dana, you got, you got tough, tough shoes to fill there in Boston. No. So Dana, so how is it going to feel out there without her? I mean, have you visualized it and kind of thought about what what you want to do with this year's race, both um, emotionally and physically? Um, yeah, I, I'm really focused on the run. And so in some ways, now that I know that Santa isn't going to be there, it's sort of freed me up to focus on making it the best race it can be. Um, Because my last race was so awful. (laughs) Um, And so I am... You know, we're doing we're we've approached the training differently this year, so we're doing a lot more strength training and, and um, core training. And I am have been injury free. Knock on wood. I feel much better than I did at this point in the training last year. Um, and I've found that my long run. I mean, I had kind of put Boston out of my mind for many months. Just mm. um, you know, when we first got back. Everyone who knew you were there wanted to hear your story, and you were talking about it a lot. And my family, who was there with me, we were processing it together. Um, and then, you know, I I just kind of blocked it out. We were doing the running piece, but I have found in our long runs of late that I'm just thinking a lot about the race, and um, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to, you know, if I can make it up Heartbreak Hill (laughs) without walking this time, you know, that'll be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I frankly haven't given a lot of thought to the whole hubbub Mm. surrounding it. Um, I think that could be kind of tough. and so I'm just I'm just really head down, focused on my running, focused on what it's going to be like, how I'm going to feel, um, and hoping for the best race possible. Mm-hmm. And so your family is going to be out there, correct? We're all going back, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kids, I, husband. Yeah, all mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we all we we all felt that we needed a do over. Wow, they did too. Uh-huh. Wow, and ha- and you mentioned about how the organizers, how the Boston Athletic Association, was really good on Facebook in the weeks after the Boston Marathon. Have they been a lot of those same updates, talking about security measures and things like that? Yeah, in recent weeks, the communications have really stepped up, and now there's a whole new program in terms of uh, you can't check things mm-hmm. at in Hopkinton, and um, so there are and people aren't they're not going to be letting people jump into the race, which was so common in years past. So I think it's going to be very different, but they've been very communicative so that everybody can plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Wait, wait, let's flash back for one second. This brother jumping in for 10 miles. Can you tell tell us what that's about? <laughs> now that we've gotten a hard emotional part of the, the conversation over, I mean, I wanted to stop you, but I wasn't going to stop you. Um, well, my brother is a Ironman triathlete like you, Dominique. Uh-huh. And um, he... Yeah, I'm sure he's not like me, yeah. all, but yes. <laughs> so he, but it, he's uh, about 17 years older than I am. And so he's now at the point in his athletic career where um, due to injuries and whatnot, um, the running has become the least part of his triathlon training. And so he's run Boston a number of times. And I think the fact that I was going to be running last year, um, and he lives in Connecticut, so it's not a far drive up to Boston. So he decided that he would come up and run the last 10 miles, not with me, but um, just, just to run it. Just to mm-hmm. run it. And so he actually was at the finish and happily was not uh, injured. But um, he might be one of the last Boston bandits because, you yeah. know, I mean, they're probably going to have such strict barricades for, mm-hmm. gosh, I would imagine from at least the half marathon on. Maybe, I don't know. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad so, he got his kicks out then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And is he going to come watch you this year? He is. He is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't. I think that if I were training for it, I would just be thinking all the time, what's it going to be like going down Boylston, that final stretch? I mean, that just, I mean, the, it was always such as, for me, that was the most memorable part of all of Boston. That was just, it was, it was one of the, I was telling Molly, my running partner this morning, I was telling her that that was probably one of the most fantastic moments of my life, the most thrilling moments of my life. And so, I mean, I just think there's going to be that, and then the the you're. I mean, it's going to sneak back into your mind. I would think. Do you think about that? No, I mean, I can't visualize. I can't visualize turning that corner and what comes after. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm picturing the the places that I passed mm-hmm. last year and how much better I'm going to feel when I pass those places again sure. this year, and um, I'm just going to hope to turn that corner and see see how I feel when I get there. Feel like the rock style you are. I mean, I think I think you've got the right attitude. I mean, I think the the energy and the crowd is going to carry you so much and um and yes, obviously the bombings are going to be, you know, there will be a lot of tributes and stuff, but I I like your idea of just I'm going to wear my blinders and certainly like a little trickles of the tributes and the important honoring and all that stuff is going to come in. But at the same time, you know, go have a great race. You know, you, you definitely deserve it. Even before the bombing. I mean, that, that strip down Boylston, there was no way you could feel like anything less than a rock star. I mean, you are going to feel like Mick Jagger or Kate and Katy Perry and Lady Gaga rolled into one. I mean, the crowd support is just going to be just massive. It's just going to be epic. It's going to be fantastic. So, and I'm sure Wenatchee, I'm sure they're going to be really, really <laughs> enthusiastic spectators. <laughs> no, I think there's, there's I, something to be said for running a quieter marathon. Oh, no, but I also, I also think I really love that you found, you didn't just find a race in April. I mean, that would be pretty easy to find a marathon just in April and be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm only going 14 today, Dana. You go on and finish your 22 or whatever it is, but that you're like, I'm with you every step of the way. So I really yeah, love that. Yeah, it's the cross section of proximity and time. Sure. It's the right time in the right place <laughs> oh most definitely yeah well and every marathon's special so we, <laughs> we're just busting not just for fun so <laughs> so well thank you for joining us ladies i know you gotta get back to your job but thanks for taking a break yeah, with us you guys have a really special thing going congratulations on everything thanks thank Timothy. thanks sarah yeah you can be the greatest you can be the best you 
can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. You can be a master. Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Wow, they just, I'm not kidding. They have something so special. I mean, to be pretty much have the same paces and then be so empathetic and you know passionate towards each other that's that's a great great friendship oh i know and i loved how santa was like oh and she was worried about dana and she wanted to find dana and you know that her mind immediately turned to her that was just i really like that so um yes i i was sort of laughing with them i uh molly and i always see them pretty much the exact same place like it doesn't matter <laughs> what day it is it's just there's and we don't it's in a it's a part of, it's not in our neighborhood itself we run outside our neighborhood and it's I don't know what what is it? it's like. Oh yeah, Rose City Golf Course. There's runners in the dark. That must be Dana and Santa. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So great. Well, visit us on Facebook, please. We're at Run Like a Mother the Book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we're the Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on Amazon.com, as well as our new store site, which is MotherRunnerStore.com. And whether you're running Boston or not, many happy miles to you. Mm-hmm.